Heavenly Father, I want to come to you today and I want to thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to meet together so we can, Lord, discuss your truths, so we can get into your word, so you can prepare us for the things that are coming, Lord, so we can know, so we can have truth, Lord, real truth in our lives, so we can take it to others. Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts and our souls and our minds today to be receptive of your truths, Lord. I pray that whatever things are keeping us from having a right relationship with you, that they be taken down and that they be moved out of the way. I pray that you would be with Chantel, Ryan, and Derek today, Lord, that you would touch their lives as well and use them, Lord, for your will. Lord, and be with all others that come to the Bible studies, that you would touch their lives as well, Lord. Be with them and whatever things that they are going through that you guide and direct their lives. Lord, continue to watch over us in our daily lives, Lord, and all the things that we go through. Lord, I pray that you would, if anyone is dealing with financial issues, Lord, I pray that they would come to you, Lord, so you can help their lives, Lord, so you can bless them. Guide us and direct us in this day, Lord. Lead us into your truths. Lead us into all truths. Place your shield of protection around us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so today's Bible study is going to be called uh, The Children or Disobedient Children. And um, I actually looked up what that word disobedient means. And, you know, it's something that we pretty much all know, but it's um, obstinacy or obstinate, um, opposite, uh, opposition to uh, the divine will and rebellious. Um, you know, and, put your glasses on. <laughs> and uh, I will, don't worry. Um, if you think about it, when we were kids, um, we would always want to do things the way we wanted to do them. And, you know, our parents had to come in and, and tell us when we were doing something wrong. And they would punish us according accordingly because they knew that if we continued to do these things and we didn't, they didn't come in and say, hey, you can't do that or I'm going to have to spank you for this. And Like when I was a kid, I was born with a belt attached to my backside, you know. But I know had my dad not come in and, and you know, corrected me, I don't want to even think about what I would have been today. You know, he... And parents, you know, God gives... The Lord gives parents the ability to discipline their children because, you know, if we're not disciplined, if we're not shown, hey, you're not supposed to do this, then we're raised up in life to think that we can do those things. And, you know, some children do. And so parents are given that authority, you know, to say, hey, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. And in accordance with the Bible, uh, God gave parents authority to say, this is what's right. And this is what's wrong for your children. And he did that for his own children. Hey, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. And if you go this way, like in Deuteronomies, these are the things that are going to happen to you. But if you stay under my law, statutes, and commandment, I will protect you. Right. And as children, we have to be given that guidance because we don't necessarily know what's right and wrong, you know. And so parents are given that authority. And as we get older and we become followers of Christ, he does the same thing with us. He disciplines those that he loves, those that he wants to follow him. You know, and, and 
sometimes it's in a way that <laughs> we think that, you know, maybe we're on our last dollar. <laughs> maybe we don't know what's our next meal going to come from. Where's our rent going to come from? You know, <clears throat> how am I going to put gas in my car? But the Lord can do these things for us. And it's, you know, you made a point yesterday that it's not about money. And it's about doing it's His not. will. It's true. And he, he will do these things for us, but He wants us to follow Him. Because how much has He given us a grace period to get our lives right with Him? And we constantly, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll read my Bible tomorrow. Or We just think that He's outside <clears throat> of everything that's real. I mean, <clears throat> you know. I don't care what the subject is. It could be medical condition. It could be whatever, you know, education, work, finance, you name it. You know, it's just something that when you got him, you have those things. Right. You know, and that's what Jesus was trying to show the disciples. Right. Yeah. So that's just one point I wanted to bring up. Uh, we'll go into the scriptures now. First place we're going to go is James chapter 1, verses 1 through 15. James chapter 1, verses 1 through 15. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve disciples, which are scattered abroad, greetings. Tribes. Uh, the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Oh. Yeah. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, not wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let no let for let not that man that thinketh he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. I looked up that word double minded, and it means unwavering, uh uncertain, doubting. So uh double minded man is very unsure of himself. Um so it says a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Um let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. And that is, that is so true. I mean, there's nothing wrong, I don't think, with having things, but we cannot stay focused on having things. You know, and I want to go back a little bit too. I apologize, I should have done this, but... Um, Knowing, uh, let's go back to verse 3 real quick. Sorry about this. Knowing this, that, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be, for, um, may be perfect 
an entire wanting nothing. And I kind of want to start in verse 2 with, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, Um, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You know, this is going to happen. We're going to have trials and tribulations in our life. We're going to go through things. And, you know, the temptations is, if we go through things in our life that the Lord, if we come to the Lord, and if we do His will, if we stay prayerful, um, He is going to, you know, deliver us, but we've got to have patience. You know, how many times have we prayed for something, and we want it right here and right now. You know, (laughs) we want things... Mm -hmm you know right here but he wants us to come to him and he's going to try our faith he's going to see how faithful we are to him you know are we going to give up are we going to say man lord i come to you but i just don't know you know i got all these things going on i got bills to pay you know work's not going so great my boss doesn't like me people are talking about me blah 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 and the lord is going to deliver us or he wants to deliver us but he's got to see where we are with our faith especially you know um the longer we are you know with the lord he expects more from us and coming first and this is something i i experience and occasionally you know the lord still spanks me from time to time but in the beginning you know when derek started and i've told this story before and i won't make it long but when derek started talking to me i mean i was in real bad shape you know, there's a lot of things that the Lord needed to work with me in my life between, you know, smoking cigarettes, alcoholism, you know, and as a woman, I was going in a, you know, not so great direction. And the Lord had to take all these things from me. And I didn't have great finances because I was putting all my money towards things that I shouldn't. And so not that the Lord couldn't have delivered me right then. And it's not to say he didn't start helping me right then, but I was living in disobedience. You know, all this time, when I got out of church and started living on my own, I knew who God was, but I had my own ideas of who God was. And to me, he lived far away. And I had all these other ideas about, you know, the earth and other everything else. And, you know, the Lord kept his hand on my life, but I had these crazy ideas about, you know, God, and, you know, I'd be sitting there tossing down a six-pack saying, I believe in God. You know, how was I giving him a good representation? (laughs) You know? But, I mean, he, and he did deliver me from those things, but we have to continue on. You know, we cannot fall back into disobedience. We cannot fall back into, you know, things that we did before. We have to continue on. And and the further along we go, he wants us to draw stronger in our faith and depend on him. We're going to go through trials and tribulations. Our finances are going to be tested. You know, uh, family member or people that we know in our life, we're going to be tested by them. And he wants us to depend on him, to know that he's the only one that matters in our life. Like I was talking to Sarah um, yesterday. I don't know if anybody knows this or not, but I mean, haven't you like felt an attack lately on your finances? I mean, because I mean, a lot of people, it's even happened to me where it's Mm -hmm. like you can feel like even though you're throwing stuff out, like it's a rope just burning up, like it's never really where you want it to be. It's Mm -hmm. like no matter what you do, 
you feel like things are going up. Like my my rent just went up a hundred bucks, you know, and all kinds of stuff. My insurance just went up fifty. Yeah, and it's there like you man, it just feels like your rope is just getting shorter. But that's supposed to be a test of faith. Chantel hasn't done that yet. I guess I'm not having financial issues. I'm finally not <coughs> financial. You're breaking through, right? I'm yeah, getting to a place where, I mean, I still have finances are tight and everything, but I'm not at that place where last month I'm like, okay, um, yeah, fifty bucks. I got my, you know, for food this week, or but. Well, he's probably trying to do something different with you, too, like in terms of um, mm -hmm. like what you um, like what you've been through. He's trying to show you the goodness of him. Yeah, I've been know. through a lot financially. I mean, I've been unemployed in the last 10 years. I've been unemployed for almost three years. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot because I know for me, it's like I know I'm, I'm all right. Like all my needs get met, but I am realizing the enemy is trying to set traps. Like, okay, you know, we're going to increase this. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to have a problem with that, you know? And it's like he's trying to cut corners to try and stop me from doing the things that I know I need to do. Like, even with this upcoming conference and stuff that we're doing, I can feel like the enemy, all right, we're going to raise your rent. Okay, we're going to do this for you. We're going to do that for you. So I'm just starting to feel like that fight. Like, you know, just you got to trust right. in him because my needs get met regardless of... He can raise my rent to, you know, $2,000. The point is, is it's going to be met. Right. That's how we got to look you, at it. You get a different opportunity that, oh, maybe this is where you're supposed to be. Yeah, right. exactly. And uh, I don't know if you just mentioned, I apologize, about the upcoming conference. Yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> you know, that your finances are probably being attacked because of that. Absolutely. You know? I mean, I know there's a lot of things that I want to <laughs> do. I mean, and the devil knows, too. Yeah. I mean, he's going to try and keep it from happening. This is what happened last year before when we had the conference. We dealt with the exact same thing. Yep. People ended up charging me $4,000, you know, <laughs> for that conference when, I mean, the food, everybody ate probably once. They took everything back. That was 1200 bucks. <clears throat> they, they should have let me keep it if I'm paying 1200 bucks for food right. service. Exactly. That lapel mic's $125. You know, it was just one thing after another, so... Yeah, well, all right. Oh, no, you're fine. Okay, and we'll, uh, we'll go to verse 11 now and keep reading. Um, For the sun is no sooner risen with the burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perish. So also, also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. And again, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having things but look at all the Hollywood stars these days in movie stars and, and music stars and basketball stars, you know, that tape was on. And uh, they're all, unless they know the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm not saying some of them don't, but you kind of have to question it every now and again because the world loves its own. It doesn't love the followers of Jesus Christ. So kind of makes you think if they're really witnessing to their, their fellow players, would they still be playing the game? You know, and that's not to say that they couldn't, but it kind of makes you question if if they really are. But a good majority of them are living in disobedience, and they're being paid to live in that disobedience. The devil's going to give them, uh, you know, gadzooks amounts of money so they will continue 
living in that disobedience. Yeah, there's nobody in Hollywood serving the Lord. I don't no. care how many people say they know God. You don't. Right. Because in order to get in that lifestyle, you have to accept a Luciferian initiation. Right. Believe it or not. And the, the Hollywood stars mm-hmm. speak openly about this. How you got to sign your name in blood and you got to, you know, sell your soul or whatever. But oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not letting you in anymore. A lot of the people you would hear back in the day that were one-hit wonders, you know, and you're like, man, that person had a good first album. What happened to them? They realized they were serving Satan, and they didn't want to go along yep. any further, and they got out of it. Yeah. But there's nobody in Hollywood. I don't care if they say, oh, me and my, my family, we serve the Lord, and we go to church. And I, trust me, if you were serving the Lord, you wouldn't be up mm-hmm. in there. You know, so it's, I mean, I don't care who you bring up. Unless you're out of that lifestyle, the devil only looks after his own. Right. And that's why we also have to be careful about these so-called Christian movies that are coming out. Because a lot of them come out of Hollywood. And look how they twist the scriptures. Right. They twist the scriptures. The, The one of them that came out is called The Prayer Room or War Room, one of the two. And it said, you know, a best, you know bestseller it made all this money or whatever and I'm just sitting there thinking to myself if it was a really you know talking about Jesus Christ great you know not great but if it talked about the scriptures and what really happened would it be such a great movie you know because Satan doesn't want any truths getting out and he it's like a rat poison rat poison is 99.9% good for you and it's that 1% that kill kills the, the rats. Yep, the mouse. You're right. What were you going to say? Isn't there mm-hmm. another movie coming out? It's like War Rooms Genesis or, yeah. or Exodus or something? Uh, the, no, it's there's one on... I know it's God's versus God's one. No, no, there's, no, there's an actual movie coming there's out a, called like Genesis or Exodus. The or Exodus, like I think is what it's called. Well, they just came up with one. Yeah. With Christian Bale, that <laughs> God and King's. So it was supposed to be about the Exodus. So oh, okay. I, no, I thought there was supposed that. to be one about the. Um, that's supposed to be right after. Um, so it's supposed to be like a. I think it is Exodus. The one that's a follow up to the crucifixion? No, no, no. This one's just about. Oh, um, oh I know what you're talking about. Um, 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 it's the one where they try and find Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Come, it came out last month. Mm-hmm. They uh, try and find him. Well, yeah, the two, it's the post. It's it's supposed to be. I forget the name of it, yeah. but it was when Jesus Christ died on the cross, and it was after his was, uh, resurrection. No, well, now you know they're gonna say they couldn't find him. Well, there was something wrong with him, or we doubt whether he was really here or not. It was the story of one Roman soldier that went to try and find him and everything, and I think it's called like Beyond the Tomb or something. Yeah, something, like something. That. Oh, okay. But yeah, so I mean, the point of that was is you know uh, their sin and disobedience and how they're getting paid for it. But in the end times, and even after Satan's done with them, kills them off. You know, look at all those the, the stars that are randomly, not randomly, but, you know, all of a sudden they're all starting to die off, young and old. You know, and he's killing all because he's done with them. And what was that dude's name, Paul Paul Walker, that made all the Fast yeah. and Furious movies? I mean, look at how he died. He died, well, supposedly in a car accident. But, you know, the devil was done with him. He did his six or seven movies. Six, I think it was. Almost six and a half. Yeah, well, six and a half movies. Before. Yeah. And then he was done with him. Look at the number, you know, the number of a man that he died with. He didn't have God in his life. He didn't have Jesus Christ in his life. The point is, too, you don't know how many people 
those Fast and Furious movies killed. Right. Trying to imitate those guys mm -hmm. and all the stuff that they do. That was the goal. Mm -hmm. It didn't have anything to do with entertainment. Mm -hmm. It was, they know, they are psychologically evaluated. I mean, if, you know, um, what's the word? Evaluated. Evaluated us, you know, that we will do whatever we see on TV. That Absolutely. we believe it. Yeah, I mean, the whole new concept for this Batman versus Superman is man versus God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They even say that in the trailer, wow. man versus God. And apparently in the comic books, Batman wins, so. Mm. Wow. Kal L. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Hell L. <laughs> Satan's original name. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we'll continue on verse 13. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. That love is agape love. And the Lord loved us enough to die on the cross for us for our sins. So, you know, in showing that love, I mean, these Bible studies, this ministry, these Bible studies are love because the truth is being brought forward. You know, some of these other religions that are out there, some of these other churches out there are thinking they have this false interpretation of love. It's all touchy-feely. You know, it's all soft-soaked. The thing is that we don't have a soft-soaked ministry because we don't serve a soft-soaked God. You know, he came Ooh. down here and he did these things for us. And you, he brought up before, and this was a while back, that he came down here and had to put this flesh on like it was a dirty coat left under somebody's house, you know, filled with, you know, whatever infestations that we live in, he actually had to come down and put it on. He had to come down from grace, you know, come down from the heaven where there's nothing but perfection and put this non-perfect flesh on and live in it for 33 years. And then he died on the cross for us because he loved us. I mean, he's perfect in all his ways. He didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, God's display <laughs> of love is nothing like ours. Right. God loved the world and he gave. Mm -hmm. You know, he loved his son. He loved us. Look at how he allowed his son to be butchered. That's not the same type of love we think. You know, our version of love is, you know, you got to make me feel special. How special did the son of God feel? Right. Being on the cross, getting spat on and mm -hmm. beaten. Our love is very <laughs> selfish. Most of the time our love comes with conditions. You know, I love you as long as. There's always as long as attached mm -hmm. with it. As long as you don't treat me poorly. As long as this, this, this. And very soulless, sensual, like, you know, previous yeah. Bible studies. And I think, though, that the more we become humble to the Lord, that starts breaking off of us. But in our sinful nature, we still put conditions on God, on the Lord Jesus Christ. We still put, you know, we would have... And this is how messed up it is. We have less conditions on each other than we do with God. I think we treat each other better than we treat God because, you know, the Lord has done all these things for us. He's given us the grace period, and we take that grace period for granted because we think we have all the time in the world, which we do not have. We're not promised tomorrow. You know, and it's not that the world's going to end tomorrow, but our life could end tomorrow. Our life on this world. And, you know, how... Are we, you know, when we stand before the Lord, what's he going to, are we going to be counted worthy to go into heaven? You know, have we given us, have we given him our entire life? You know, I know I haven't. There's still parts of my life that he needs to, to work in. 
And that's where Satan will get you. He will always get you in the areas that the Lord Jesus Christ does not have control over. And he's always, you know, Satan's never... You said before, we may we may consider... What did you say about the, the devil? That he never... Um, Oh, when we come to the Lord, he never... Uh, he doesn't underestimate Right, us. he doesn't underrate him. We'll underestimate him, but he never underestimates us. And so he's going to get us in our lives that, you know, the Lord does not reign and have control over. He will get you in those. He will get us in those areas every time. Every time we're starting to draw closer to the Lord, he's okay, well, now I'm going to attack this because I know that the Lord doesn't rule in that area. I know that you haven't given that to him and you're not obeying him in this fashion. So... If it's television, movies, music, whatever it is, uh, things that we watch on YouTube or whatever, you know, there's so many things that we're, we're given privy to these days that if we don't deny those things, eventually, you know, Satan can use those things against us to take away our time that we spend with the Lord. And that's something I have to be so careful of, too, because, you know, a few weeks ago I started watching you know, some old TV programs that I had. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll watch it here and there. And before you know it, the whole... Yeah. Yeah. The whole day passed, and I'm like, you know, I go to pray before I go to bed, and I'm almost like... Struggling You know, like, please don't hurt me. Because it's like, I didn't give the Lord any time that day. I kind of felt like the Holy Spirit was standing over me like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, you want to pray at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. kind of felt like those prayers, not that they were empty, but I just didn't feel like the Lord's presence was there because I felt far from Him that day. When you're fasting and praying, you totally feel closer to the Lord. It's like you, your spirit begins to feel a sensitivity to His, mm -hmm. you know, but when you're not, and you know it because it's like God ain't even a consideration. Yeah, you, know, you you live in the flesh. You love the flesh. You do whatever the flesh tells you. It's really yeah. All right. So we'll finish off these last two verses and then we'll move on. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man, but every man is tempted when he is drawing away, when he is drawn away, of his own lust and enticed. Absolutely. You know, if we're not close to the Lord in our daily lives, then we're going further over to doing the wrong things. You know, it, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You know, those are the three big things that, you know, we, like he said, very true, we do have to pray and fast. And that is how we draw closer to this, how we kill off the flesh, or how the Lord kills off the flesh in our lives. And, you know, uh, and praying. Uh, what did you say one time? Uh, fasting or pray, when you pray, when you fast, is like praying on steroids or something like that because it's, you know, you're, you're denying yourself. It's a show of faith. You know, it's kind of like how we talked about when you have, um, if you're praying for rain or water and you don't have a raincoat on, then mm -hmm. that shows no display of faith mm -hmm. you know that's all fasting is it's denying yourself for the lord you know saying hey you know i'm gonna do this because i believe that this is going to happen so it's like a show it's not just talk right it's not just prayer which prayer is really important but you want to fast i mean that that magnifies the the flesh i mean the, the spirit. spirit 
the flesh starts to fall off and then your thoughts are clearer with him. Mm -hmm. If you don't fast, you know, or, or turn away from the world to some degree, it's like, I don't know, almost like a halfway prayer. It's not as genuine. Yeah. And, and also, praying, you know, you want people to come to crisis in your life or people that you know or someone you maybe just met and you started witnessing to them. And you want them to come to the Lord, but you're doubting that they will. You're like, oh, I really want to, this person to come to the Lord, but I, they probably won't because, you know, they're an atheist or, or a homosexual or blah, blah, blah. And so when we doubt them coming to the Lord, that doesn't really help their cause <laughs> any because we don't have the faith that they will really? come to the Lord. And praying and fasting for someone to come to the Lord does help. You've said that you've done that for some of your friends. Yeah, and, you'd be surprised. Yeah. You know, and I know you've done that for Jessica as well. And I'm pretty sure you've done that for some of your friends. And I've done that too, but we have to continue on in faith because sometimes we get, you'll hear from somebody and you'll get a small breakthrough from that person. And the way they are becoming receptive you know, it's almost an overwhelming joy that before when you would send them some, hey, will you check this out because, you know, I really care about you and I don't. Before they say, no, I'm fine. You know, I know what I believe and this is how I'm going to go. Just don't send me anything else. And, you know, maybe a few months goes by and you're like, okay, Lord, I believe this is what you want me to do. So you send them the video, hey, will you check this out? And instead of saying, no, they say, all right, I'll give it a look. You know, I'll give it a look, see, and see what you invoke. You know, you're like, you know, you're jumping for joy because before they'd say no, and now all of a sudden, it seems like they're starting to come around. Strong man's breaking down. Exactly. Yeah. But we have to continue to pray and fast for those people. Not, you know, just because they're coming along doesn't mean you say, okay, well, job's done. I can, you know, take it easy. No, we still have to continue going forward and praying for those people and for other people that we know that we want to come to the Lord. Okay, so from there, we're going to go to. Uh, Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 23. <clears throat> okay. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 23. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? These two verses speak volumes of people who want to, I know that this is kind of a dead topic, but once saved, always saved. You know, uh, they in that doctrine say that because you're saved, you cannot lose your salvation, and you can continue on in your sin. And that's a very dangerous doctrine, And but some people believe it. You know, these verses right here say that, no, you cannot do that. It says, God forbid. Because when we are given that grace period, it's a grace period to get our lives right with the Lord. But it does have a limitation on it. Okay? If the Lord sees that we're coming, I believe that if the Lord sees that we're coming along, we're getting our life right with Him, then He's going to abound on us. But we cannot say, okay, I'm saved, so I'm going to go out to the club tomorrow night. Or, you know, <laughs> or the further along we are with our walk with Him, 
we cannot say, okay, I'm just going to give it up for a little while and go to the club. Lord will forgive me. How do you know he will forgive you? You really want to take that chance? You know, you really want to smack him in the face for all the things that he's done for us in our lives? Not to say that we don't occasionally, but going back into the same sin that he brought us out of, like those who dealt with, uh, like me, I'll use myself for an example, you know, alcoholism, smoking, and fornication. You know, do I really want to... <laughs> thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You know, do I want to grieve the Holy Spirit by going back and doing those things? Absolutely not. Because what if I'm caught in the act and he decides to take me like that? What would... I don't want to know what the end would be if I were to do those things. Going back into disobedience like that? That's right. You never know. You never know. I mean, he is a forgiving God. You know, he knows that we're coming along. But, yeah, I mean, you just never know sometimes if you have gone, I'm not going to say too far, but, you know, you could be so far ahead with the Lord by following him than it is to keep cutting back. Because, you know, some, with every sin that we commit and things that we do, there's always consequences. And some of them we may not get to get out of. Right. You know, it'll just add that much more of a burden on your life than you could have had. You can ask women, you know, or men that had kids, you know, out of wedlock. They fooled around. They slept with somebody. That person ended up leaving them. And now you're stuck in that situation. Mm -hmm. All because, you know, you could have kept your eyes focused on the Lord. It's true. Absolutely. And the cleaner he gets us. And you, you used this example about... Uh, it's it's easier to get dirty than to get clean. You know, let's say you have clothes or like white garments or whatever, and they get dirty. And, and trying to get something like that clean is terrible. And but think about our relationship with the Lord. And let's just say that we are a white garment, and we sh we're supposed to be without spot or wrinkle. The church is supposed to be without spot or wrinkle, and we fall back into sin and now we're dirty and the Lord has to clean us off again and I think that the further along that we go with him the cleaner that we are the, the, the things that we're doing we're out there we're witnessing to people we're, we're bringing trying to get people to come to the Bible study trying to get people to come to the conference you know you're talking to people and then all of a sudden we fall back into sin you know that could be an extremely big mud puddle like from head to toe covered and dirt and now he's got to cleanse us off again and maybe some of that dirt don't come out so easily because we fall back into the same sin that he pulled yeah, us you out never from know what you're linking to that's true yeah and you it's also oh go ahead but, uh, no it's fine <coughs> you, can't say you don't know what spirits reside in other people mm -hmm. that we find ourselves linking into exactly and on top of that it's a witness against us because of the people that we were trying to bring in you know mm. he gonna take the uh take the, the curtain off of us, the blanket off of us, and you know we might even get exposed to other people for what we've done because of everything that he's brought us out of. We may get exposed. So those people, when they see our exposure of what we've done, why would they come to the Lord now? Because now, well, she's living exactly like I am, so why do I need to clean up my life? That's a witness against mm -hmm. us because we were supposed to bring that person to the Lord. 
And now it's going to be even harder. Someone else may have to be brought into their life. Not to say that the Lord can't do that. Of course he can. But he wanted to use us. We were supposed to be that vessel. So, uh, verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ, Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. And that is so true. If we are totally baptized in Christ unto his death, the flesh is going to be killed off. The old man has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That fleshly nature that we walk in and, and the, the sensualness that we walk in, you know, eventually it has to die off in Jesus Christ. And we have to walk in his likeness. You know, we have to be eventually able to do the gifts of faith. We have to, you know, uh, uh, we can't just talk about it, you know, uh, there's more actions in doing than talking. And it's not to say that that's not what our ultimate goal is because I believe that it is. I believe that the ultimate goal for those that truly believe in Jesus Christ is getting, you know, uh, purified. Like you said, gold that is purified, it gives a mirror image, right? It's a reflection. Right. Um, I'm going to say this. I hate that this is recording right now. Um, but whatever the Lord is telling you to do, then do. I'm just another student here at the study. Mm -hmm. So just go forward with what he's telling you to do. Okay. All right. All right. Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, so um, we are supposed to be, you know, dead to sin and crucified with the Lord. So yeah, it is supposed to be that the old man and the things that, you know, we have done. And I, we're not supposed to be disobedient children after a while. And that's just, that's the thing. You know, we are supposed to be obedient unto him in our whole life so okay we'll keep reading verse 8 now if we be dead with Christ we believe that we shall also live with him knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more so he only died once <laughs> death hath no more dominion over him for in that he died he died unto sin once but in that he liveth he liveth unto God Oh, but in, in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Yeah. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So there we have it. It says, you know, we are supposed to be dead unto sin. You know, uh, no more going back doing the old things that, you know, we were supposed to do. So dead to sin and we're supposed to be alive in Jesus Christ. And doing his will and having his will wrought in our lives. And that's something that sure. I know that the Lord's still working with me on, you know. And I'm trying to do more and more 
you know, uh, to do his will, to give him more time because I know that in times past I was not doing a great job of it. And, uh, and I can, I, you know, I'll go ahead and admit this on, on the tape because it's something that we can all learn from. But I believe that the reason why I got sick was because I was very focused on one thing. And it's not that it was totally a bad thing. It was I wanted to be a humble and submissive woman to the Lord. But I was staying very focused on it, and I couldn't see anything else, you know. And I think that if we get way too focused on one thing, and we're not, I mean, look how big these Bibles are. There's a plethora of things that the Lord wants to show us, so we cannot be just totally focused on one thing in our lives. The Lord, led by the Spirit, that's right. Exactly. And I think because I had gotten so focused on that one thing, and I had kind of let it overtake me for a while, the Lord said, you know what? There's a demon in you because there's a demon that you're staying so focused on this one thing that I can't, you can't see anything else. You can't see what I'm trying to do with you. And so I need to cast this demon out. And I believe that's why I actually got sick was because I was so focused on that one thing that the Lord actually had to bring me down. He had to humble me. He had to let me, you know, he had to have me see. And to, to tell you the truth, when I started feeling better, all praise and glory and honor be to the Lord Jesus Christ because he actually showed me why he brought me down. And he said, I'm bringing you down because you're not focusing on everything that I want to show you. You're only focused on this one thing, so I'm going to have to spank you. And that's how he, I believe that's how he chose to spank me. <laughs> you know, and uh, I believe it is true that at times sickness can be a demonic presence in your life. Because I had not been sick for a very long time, and then all of a sudden I got sick. So I think that that was the Lord's way of punishing me, saying, I need you to focus on more than this just one thing. It's not wrong. But there's other things I'm trying to do with you, and you cannot just stay focused on this one thing. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if I, um, I mean, well, you know what he told you concerning yeah. that. I mean, like, for me, I don't think that the Lord places sickness on anybody. I think at times he can take his hand off of a situation if we choose to walk out, of, out from under his protection. Correct. You know, like if we're doing things like following men or doing other things that not, you know, really on him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, then he can kind of like let you go mm -hmm. in that way to where you end up without him, or at least not that part of your armor not being fully covered. Correct. You know? Yeah. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. I just wanted to make it clear, you know, for everybody, like our God is not brutal. No. <laughs> like I'm gonna make you sick. No. You yes. Know, because yes. of this, because that's not the God we serve. But He can turn you over to His enemy allow it to if enter. you don't follow Him. What's allow, that? Allow it to enter. Yes. Yes, and thank you for correcting yeah. me there. Uh, yeah, that's so true. You know, taking his hand off, okay, because you're not focused on, you know, what I'm trying to do with you, then yeah, I'm going to take uh -huh. my hand. That is so true, and I believe that that's why it yeah. happened. And <clears throat> But that's something that everyone needs to be aware of. If we're just so focused on one thing and not what he's the big picture of what he's trying to show us because there's so many things that the Lord wants to do in our life that we have to be obedient unto him in all aspects of our life. You know, so um mm, verse twelve, I think it is. Um, I'll start from there. Okay. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield you your members as instruments of righteousness unto sin, 
but yield yourselves unto God as though that ye are alive from the dead and your members are instruments of righteousness unto God for sin shall have no dominion over you shall not have dominion over you for ye are not under the law but under grace so what it's saying here is, is that you know sin cannot reign in our bodies okay and we have to be the instruments of righteousness and not to sin and the Lord will I believe that if we're not living in sin, if we're not doing those things, that the Lord is going to protect us. Like he says, sin has no dominion over you because you're not under the law, you're under grace. But that grace is not a license to sin as we've already discussed. You know, what the law couldn't do because the law was not uh, for righteousness. Right. You know, the law was not for, uh, no one could keep the law. You know, at that time, no man could keep the law. So, the law of grace is getting our lives right with the Lord. The law of the Spirit, excuse me. The law of the Spirit is getting our lives right with the Lord and continuing on that path and, and no more into disobedience. Um, let's see, sorry. Okay, verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Basically saying the same thing. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey whether to sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness so that's so true you know if we yield to sin if we yield to satan if we yield to his demonic forces then we are the servants of sin that's right. and but if we yield to the lord jesus christ and uh, god the father and the holy spirit then we are going to do uh we're going to be into obedience and righteousness right. doing the will of the lord doing the will of the father so you know people want to say oh i can't help it i have to have this and you know i got to do these things and i got to go out with my friends and i got to go to the club and you don't have to do any of that but they choose to be the servants of that you know they are uh they say you know I, well i'm addicted to this no you're the servant of it because that's what you choose to have in your life so Choosing, and it is a choice that we are given, you know, whether we're going to choose to, to live righteously, if we're going to choose to live under sin. But either way, you're going to be the servants of one or the other. That's right. So, There's no in between. Mm hmm. All right, verse 17. But God be thanked, excuse me, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that, um, form of doctrine which was delivered which delivered you being then made free from sin ye became the servants of righteousness there we have it i speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh for as ye have yield yielded your members servants to uncleanness uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity even so now yield your members servants of righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. So, servants of sins, you are freed from righteousness. Um, we did, uh, there was some, Romans chapter 8 talks about, you know, uh, if you're carnally minded, you know, uh, you're not of, you're not of God's. So if you are the servants of sin, you're not the servants of righteousness. It means that you are not of God's. You are of the sinful natures. 
So your sin, you know, you're not going to be uh, judged in the the same as if you were unto righteousness. So at that point, you were the servants of sins, not of righteousness. So at that point, you were under sin. So you're not of the Lord's. So um, at that point, you were doing your own things. Maybe some people didn't have the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, so they were the servants of sin. So, but as we read on, we're going to see uh, verse 21. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For, in it, for the end of those things is death. So living under sin is death. And it's not uh, the death of the flesh or anything like that, but it is just death. Then, you know, you're going to die, and you're not going to be of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to die. You're going to end up in hell. Um, but those things don't rot anything. And that's why, you know, people who are saying, well, you know, I can choose to do all these things and I can live my life and, you know, I can party if I want to. Or they may simply say, well, I'm a good person. When, what is it, there's none righteous, no, not one. They say, I'm a good person. You know, I, I don't, you, you know, I don't hurt people and I do my nine to five job and I go home and I take care of my family. But because you don't believe in Lord Jesus Christ, you're still living in sin. You have no knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. You are still six-part man. You're not seven-part God. You're just still six-part man. And so even though you think that you are good in what you do, you're not. You know, you're still choosing to do the things of this world. So technically, you're still living under uh, a satanic authority because you're not having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You think that you can do all these things and be fine when that is absolutely not the case. You know? well, that's exactly right, because when people talk about how, um, you know, they're good, they're judging good by the world standards, not by what the Lord says. And that's why even though you find some really good, well-intentioned people in the world, but when you compare them with this, mm-hmm. you know, they're no different than someone who's out there robbing and killing people. So, you know, the word of God is the standard. Absolutely. You know, so, yeah, she's right. A lot of people call themselves good, but it's like, you know, who said that you were good? You can find that in relationships of people, oh, I don't want to be married anymore. I'm sick of being good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who said that you were good? Right. You know? <laughs> but you, But according to your standards, I'm a good person. Right. Yeah. And in saying that we're good without a relationship with Jesus Christ means that we're comparing ourselves to other people. We're not comparing ourselves to God and the scriptures and what he says that we should live by. Mm. And that's why it's like people, when they say I'm good, I'm like, well, it says who? Who are you comparing yourselves that you say that you are good? (laughs) Because you are still living in disobedience. So we'll keep reading. Verse 22. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have the fruit unto holiness and the end, and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, for the, through the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. So there we have it. If we are the servants of God, we're made under holiness. But I believe that there are things that we have to do to be made unto that holiness. There are... are you know, there are certain, we have to give up the old man. We have to give up things that we formerly did. We cannot just say, oh, I'm saved, and that be the end of it. No, we have to give up that fleshly nature. Whatever that fleshly nature in our lives is, 
we have to give it up to be the servants of God. Because if we are the servants of God, we are no more the servants of sin, which means he's going to, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to be a witness. We're not going to care what the world thinks about us. We're not going to care about losing certain friends and, and family members or loss of job or whatever. You know, we're going to be more concerned about what the Lord wants to do in our lives than, you know, and it's true. You're, people are going to fall off in your life. Once you become truly a servant of God and Lord Jesus Christ, people will start, you know, if they're not coming along with the program, if they're not coming along with, hey, you know, you can only pull a dead body for so long and then it becomes too heavy for you to carry. You know, you're going to have to stop and say, i got to keep going forward. I can't keep carrying this dead weight on. Yeah, because your flesh will never obey Jesus. <clears throat> your flesh will never like Jesus. I mean, back in the day, you know, when people really wanted to get free from sin, you got free for real. Like all these videos and things I got, I mean, you threw all that stuff out. You threw everything out. Anything that had something to do with the world that wasn't equated to God, you got rid of it. And because what we don't realize is those things there, I mean, well, I got a lot of educational stuff, also a lot of Christian stuff, but <laughs> that stuff there will keep you from following the Lord. I mean, it's almost like a demon in every copy if you want the truth. Even with music that has nothing to do with God, that's a demon. That's not, you know, um, anything to do with the Spirit of God. So right. when people wanted to get free back then, the pastor would say, bring in everything that's not of God. People would take it, trash it. Burn it. And then you, then you start to have more of a relationship with him because you're not living outside of the Spirit. Right. Absolutely. Okay, so the next place we're going to go is 1 John 1, verses 5 through 10. First John five. First John one verses yeah. five through ten. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, I'll wait for the other two. It's somewhere. Come on, it's right in the one. back. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's in the back of the book. <laughs> I knew it was over here. I just Second Peter. All right, First John one verses five through ten. This then is the message which we have heard from him declare unto you that God is light and there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and there is no truth. Absolutely. We cannot be, again, the servants of God and, and be proclaimers as his children and walk in darkness because there is no darkness in him whatsoever. Right. So we have to be extremely careful about what we do. You know, what are we doing when we're out there talking to other people, you know, uh, it could even be, uh, like our verb, our speech, you Satan know, right there. You know, one thing after another, it's also in our speech. It's not, you know, it's not always in the things that, you know, maybe our physical appearance, but it's also in the things that we say, are we cursing every other, you know, you need to come to the Lord, but blank, 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 blankety blank this. It's also in our speech. Uh, Again, music that we listen to, or we talking to the Lord, you know, talking to people about the Lord in one fashion, then we got DMX in the next fashion, you know, or other satanic music out there. And so people, when they see, 
people who claim claim to be followers of Christ, they're watching our every single move. Everything that we do when we're around them, they're watching us because they want to see have we truly changed? Because they're trying to compare themselves to us as Christians. And so they want to say, well, if this person's listening to the same music I'm listening to, why do I need to change? This person's talking the same way I'm talking. Filthiness, talking about, you know, people in a provocative manner. Why do I need to change? They go to the same strip club I do. Why do I need to change? Because they're doing the exact same things I'm doing. So... We cannot have any darkness in our life. We are followers of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. But if we walk in light as he, is, <clears throat> as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That is true too. We also cannot be hypocrites and tell people, well, I don't sin, so you cannot sin. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But that means that we have to keep going forward in faith because people might come to us and say, well, what about what you used to do? I know that you used to go down to this bar and you used to do all these things and sing horrible songs in karaoke because that's what I did. And <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, I used to sing karaoke. You know, of course, that's when I had a few in me. But anyways, uh, and I said, you know what? That was the old me. But that's not who I am anymore. You know, I can tell people, thank the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been free from cigarettes for over two years, free from alcohol for over two years. But all thanks and praise be to the Lord. Because I can tell them, I don't do that anymore. I don't talk that way anymore. Because this is what the Lord Jesus Christ did for me. Now, it's not to say that I'm perfect. Because, again, there are still things that he's trying to... We know that. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brother Dickert. <laughs> but you can tell people, you know, I'm not... You can tell people, I'm not trying to say I'm perfect. But these are the things that the Lord's done for me in my life. And these are the things that he can do for you in your life. And these are the things that he can cleanse you from. If you give him a try, just give him a chance. You know, give the Lord a chance. Let him cleanse your life. You want to say something? No, I was oh. going to say we all are um, a living testimony. It's true. Like the way that we live, people do watch us. You call yourself a Christian. I mean, there's just things that we just have to live by. You can't identify under that banner otherwise. Right. You know, we're like the world. And we're going to have our fallbacks, like Sarah was saying. We're going to... Um, you know, slip and fall, but it's all about focusing on the Lord and getting it right. Right. Whatever Absolutely. it is that has us bound. Mm-hmm. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So he wants us to confess our sins to him. And he said he will be faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's something that we constantly have to do. You know, and it's not just, again, he's not a belligerent God and he's not a dictator saying, you don't confess your sins today, that's it. You know, but he wants us to come to him because he does not take away our free will. It's something that we have to voluntarily give to him, come to him. Lord, I can't do this on my own. Show our brokenness. Absolutely. One of the hardest baths that I had was 
it was extremely hard for me. It was actually easier for me to go to give up cigarettes than it was to give up alcohol. I don't know why it was, but that's just how it was. The and, demon and alcohol was stronger. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> hey, you're absolutely absolutely right. And I wanted to give it up, and I, I just I just didn't want to do it anymore because I saw how it was damaging my life so terribly bad. And I I just I had to come before the Lord, humbled before Him, and say, Lord, I I don't want this in my life anymore. I want you to take it away from me. And he did. But I had to ask for his forgiveness for all the things that I had done unrighteously in this vessel. That, you know, that's his. And he cleansed me from them, but hey, there were still some things that I was tightly gripped to saying, hey, you know, I didn't want to give up. But there was a whole, it was almost like there was a cap over my life. Like I was moving forward in the Lord, but then I plateaued. Because there were still certain things that I had to give up in him. And until I gave those things up to him, it was like I was stuck at that point. I felt like I wasn't... Go ahead. Well, go ahead. Finish. Oh, I felt like I couldn't go any further. You know? And there were certain things I had to forgive. And there were certain things I had to ask for forgiveness of. And, um, you know, one was that it was a while ago, but I had to give forgiveness to my dad because I felt like my dad had done some things not so right, but that wasn't the case. He was disciplining us, and I'm ever so glad that he did discipline us in the right fashion because it helped us as kids, you know, especially it helped me. And But I had to ask forgiveness, and I had to forgive that. And that was one of the things that I was kind of capped off at because I was unwilling to forgive. And we we're supposed to forgive. And ask forgiveness. We're supposed to forgive others. Those that even even those that, you know, bring things against us that are so untrue, we're still supposed to forgive them. You know, but it was capped off and then once I forgave, the Lord started moving all along, you know, started moving me forward in my life. But even before that, you know, there were certain things that I had to give to the Lord so he could work in my life. You know, the further along that we go, and if we're not giving him our life totally, it's like he's we're stuck at a plateau until we allow him to move further in our lives. And that's why it's like we have to confess our sins before him. Lord, I'm sorry, take this out of my life. What do you want me to do? But we have to be willing to give it up. We have to be willing to let go. And he's going to know when we are sincere. He'll take it away from our lives when we truly let go. When you don't want it because he's not going to violate your free will. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people like, you know, wouldn't give up, even with me, giving up the lust of chasing (laughs) women because that's what I wanted. I might have asked the Lord to forgive me, but my lust itself for for sin, you know, was still there until the Lord was like, you know, I mean, until I no longer wanted it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the Lord's not going to move in your life for things that you don't want to give up. He's not going to, you know, take you away from your friends. He's only going to take you away from your enemies. And when things, you enjoy certain things in this life, he just won't take it away from you. Absolutely. He's not that kind of God. But if you want to be free of it, then he can work with you because forgiveness is not enough. Asking for change is not enough. You have to tell the Lord what you want to get rid of. Right. So he can say, okay, I'm taking this out of your life. Mm-hmm. But you have to mean it. But as long as he knows that that still burns in your heart, He'll not take it from you because you don't want it to go. Right. I like what I'm doing. I right. might feel bad because I know it's a sin, but I still enjoy what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I, this is what I want to do. Right. And the Lord, the Holy Ghost knows your heart. He knows when you're not serious or whatever, so he'll keep it there. 
All right, so the next place we're going to go is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Three, one through seven. Yes, sir. Um, Timothy is just a few books back. Oh, there we go. Chapter first, first of all. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Two through what? Uh, Second Timothy three verses uh, one, through, one seven. through seven. Yeah. Okay. Some of mine can be rather lengthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall well, be. You're left. reading four. That's three. three. That's three. Oh, three. three? Mm-hmm. One through seven? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm in two. No wonder. <laughs> Oops. First Timothy, right? Second, Second Timothy, Timothy three. Chapter three. Two, that's where I'm on. <laughs> yeah. You want the other one? Like, what? <laughs> Get it together. Come on. All right, here we go. All right, Second Timothy three. You ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affliction, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, uh, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And this is so true. All these things that were read off are totally things that we see on a daily basis. All these things right here, whether you see it on television, whether you hear it on the radio, whether there's people who are passing by you, you know, we see these people walk through our shopping center on a minutely basis. Yeah. You know, and there was this gentleman that walked past us, I think it was on Friday, and he walked over uh, to the bus stop. And you could tell that he was probably homosexual. And he bent over, and when he bent over, you could see everything. And, you know, he was like, well, maybe he doesn't know his pants are down. I was like, he probably does know his pants are down because he lives under, you know, that lifestyle. I mean, it's sad that he lives under that lifestyle, but that's the lifestyle that has become accepted in today's society. No one wants to offend anybody anymore. No one wants to say, hey, these things are right and these things are wrong. Because nowadays you get in trouble. You know, nowadays if you say, hey man, you know, you need to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and you need to change your life, you get in trouble. But we still have to go out and do these things. But this is how the world is living today. These are the acceptable things in the world today. And it said, in the last days, perilous times shall come. So you can kind of tell already that we're living in the last days because these things that one time were not acceptable are now all-inclusive. It wouldn't have even been imaginable 15, 20 years ago with all the stuff that you got on now, you know, going on with, um, you know, gay marriages and all this stuff. You know, it's just so funny (laughs) how... 15 years ago, you wouldn't have even thought that such a thing would happen. And, you know, we may all have our personal feelings because of people we know and stuff like that in our lives that live in certain lifestyles. But you know what? We got to compare it with this because God is right, you know, and man himself is wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's what we got to look at instead of looking at judging somebody we know. We should be looking more in terms of are we pleasing the Lord? 
because he's the truth and everything else is a liar. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But these are the, it's saying, you know, these are the things that are going to happen. Uh, you know, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And that is so true, too. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a pleasure-filled life that we live in. Every time you turn around, there's pleasure here, there's pleasure there. You know, cell phones. Uh, cell phones, I mean, and iPads and everything else that, you know, you can, I mean, we're given access to numerous things that are immoral these days. And we even ourselves have to be careful about things that, you know, we go through and watch. It, it may be entertaining, but it's taking our focus away from the Lord. So that, again, can be lovers of pleasure. That's right. You know, wanting to go to the movie theaters and stuff. So, uh, verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. So, having a form of godliness. So, it may appear to be godly, but having a form of godliness, but uh, denying the power thereof. That's a lot of churches these days. <laughs> That's just about all of them. <laughs> yeah. But that there is having a form of godliness. Look at all these ministries that proclaim to be, you know, Christian ministries. Come on in. Mm-hmm. You know, sign your name on the dotted line. Uh, oh, thank you. All inclusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it says here, from such turn away. Because they don't have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't have the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was, you know, uh, <laughs> telling Derek yesterday, it's like, you could walk into a church Stand up, profess, you know, you could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you could be really into it and everything like that. And they may cast you out because they think that you're full of demons. They think you're crazy. <laughs> they think you're crazy. Like, get yeah. this nut out of here. Yeah. Because they have no power in them. And they're supposed to be the house of God. And yet that person is saying, man, hallelujah, praise the Lord. You know, everyone in here should be changing their lives. And we should be going out there and witnessing get that nut out of here we don't know why he's in here mm-hmm. who who the usher yesterday that let this guy mm-hmm. in here you know because that individual is filled with the holy spirit and they're trying to get people to change but because there's no power having the form of godliness but denying the power thereof so well, it, it simply <clears throat> means religious too mm-hmm. you know they're religious religious is that wanting to make it look right you know look clean pristine you know i'm carrying my bible as i walk in and, mm-hmm. you know you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, you deny the power of God. I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 6. For of this sort they... Excuse me. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So there again, you have it, you know, ever learning and never, I mean, you have some people out there who are because they are not wanting, truly wanting a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They have all this information and they may know their Bible inside it out, but they have no relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, Satan knew the scripture more than anybody, but he had no relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He tried to overthrow, you know, he tried to take over. He tried to kill man from the beginning. You know, and so this is the thing. It's like we read our Bible, but if we want real understanding of what this scripture says, because, you know, when I first started reading my Bible, I got a headache. I mean, I'd rather watch TV. That's more, you know, exciting. (laughs) But 
But the thing is, is that. No, So you must have been in numbers. It's something. All the Bible made my head hurt to begin with. It's like, man, how do you wrap your mind around these words? But that's the wisdom of God. Right. God's wisdom is not going to be poured into a broken, beat up earthly vessel. It's going to be something that, you know, can handle it spiritually. Mm-hmm. It takes spiritual understanding to read this. You know, and I was raised in church, and, you know, we went over certain things, but take Matthew 24, which totally speaks about what's going to come. The whole chapter is about what's, be, you know, the Lord's telling his disciples what was going to be in the end days. But don't you know, but that before I had a relationship with Jesus Christ, I had no idea that that's what it actually said to me. It was just like, okay, it's another story. You know, it's exciting. Ooh. And but before, but after I had a relationship with him, it it's like he opens up your mind because he knows at that point, okay, certain things are starting to to come off of this of this individual, so they can understand more of what the scripture says. But he's only going to reveal it to you when you have an understanding, when you have a relationship with him, mm-hmm. when you can handle these things. He's not going to say, okay, he just came to me, go to Revelations. You know, no, he's not going to do that to you. He, he, you get scared. Oh, and on that note, you know, <laughs> you may never wait. No, he's going to take you one step at a time, especially if you're a babe and you're new to Christ. You know, but it's all about your understanding. It's all about what you're willing to accept in him. If he knows that you can handle it, maybe he will take you to Revelations first. You know, look at the Apostle Paul. When he, when he was transformed, boom, he was on fire from that point forward, never looking back. You know, but it all depends on where our walk with him is. Some people, when they catch fire, they take off. Some of us, we're a little like Eeyore when it comes to, you know, <laughs> it takes us a little bit longer <laughs> to come along. But the closer we get with him, the more, because some, the last Bible study I, I did, you know, I was reading in Second uh, Kings, and, you know, I didn't know at that time that certain prophets that are in here, like Isaiah and certain other prophets, lived in the book of Kings, lived during that time. And it wasn't until I read those chapters that I was like, the Lord revealed it to me. And I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, but he's yeah, going to reveal these. a lot of these. people think that the Bible is written in order, and it's not. You know, the minor prophets, most of them come before the major prophets, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it's just one of those things where you, um, I mean, even when you go to Job, Job was probably the first written, well, it was the first book. It was even written before Genesis, mm-hmm. even though there's other books that had the information of the beginning. But, yeah, Job lived around the time of Abraham. So, yeah, the Bible's not in order. When you get to Esther and Nehemiah, they should actually be, like, further down just right. before Christ comes. You know, like somewhere around there, 400, 450 B.C. But they're all the way in the back, like they were around the time of David, which was like 950, 1000 B.C. (laughs) So, yeah, it's not written in order. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like the Lord revealed that stuff to Sarah, you know, about like, you know, who was living when. Right. And the funny thing is, is that sometimes you read stuff and you read it in these prophets and you're like, how can they know this stuff? And then you read the timeline that they actually lived in, and you're like, makes perfect sense. Yeah, but it's things, in it. right? But the Lord has to reveal these things to us when we're ready. You know, we have to be wanting to have a relationship with Him. So from there, we're going to go to uh, Romans three, nine through twenty-three. Yeah, Romans is always right after Acts. 
It never changes. <laughs> it's big enough that you can flip and actually find it. Right. <laughs> You're like, whoop, hey, I went over. Romans 3, 9 through 23? Yeah. Okay. Everybody ready? Yeah. Okay. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. For it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So as we've already discussed here with that verse, is that you have certain religions out there who are saying that, you know, and it's not that it's untrue, but the Jews, because the Jews are God's chosen children, that is true. But the thing is, is that all have sinned, and we said all have sinned. That meant every person on this planet has sinned. It doesn't mean, oh, this certain nationality has sinned, but this one has not. So it's saying here that both the Jews and the Gentiles, God's chosen people, and those who are, you know, living in sin, they're all under sin. There is none that understand. There is none that seeketh after God. And we are seeing that today. There's none that understand and there's none that seeketh after God. It is a very small minority that is going to be seeking after God. It's going to be, you know, kind of like what we're doing now. You know, it's going to be small groups. It's not going to be big, vast majorities that are yeah. seeking, not after the true God anyways. They're going to seek another God because it's going in that direction of all-inclusive. You know, how can a loving God throw you into the pits of hell? Well, that's because you are doing all these other things that are not, you know, of him. You're not his children. You know, either, you know, you're not his children of the adoption. You're not serving him. You don't have a relationship with him. And, you know, we cannot enter into heaven in our fleshly nature. The two are not compatible. We have to be righteous. We have to have on a new garment, a clean garment to enter into heaven. We cannot enter into heaven in this fleshly nature. We would rather... The flesh would rather have hell than heaven. The two just will not compact. Com- compact. Oh, yeah, that's true. A lot of people think they want to go to heaven. I mean, if we can't even get rid of what's here right now in our lives, heaven wouldn't be an enjoyable place because all heaven is going to be like is what the scriptures tell you it is. Yeah. So if we don't even like the word of God, what makes you think we want to go to heaven? Right. We feel better with the devil than we would with the Lord. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just it. Uh, verse 12 they are all gone out of the way they are together become unprofitable there is none that doeth good no not one their their throat is an open sepulcher and that word open sepulcher is like a uh, open tomb I believe yeah like a grave their tongue uh, with their tongue they have used deceit the poison of asp is under their lips that word ass is like a poisonous snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And, huh? It's a type of person. Yeah. And think about that today as well. I mean, people going out, and they're not seeking after righteousness. They're seeking after sin. And those who are followers of Jesus Christ, you know, we're the ones that are verbally persecuted. You know, and eventually it's going to become physically persecuted. But right now it's verbally persecuted. You know, you're trying to live right. You're trying to live with, for the Lord. You go out and you talk to people and don't judge me, you know, don't do this, don't do that. You can't say these things, you know, or they try and come against you. 
you know, they, your job, they might try and come against you. You know, your family life, your family might try and come against you or people might try and come against you. You know, it's just, that's what the poison is. It's coming against God, it's coming against God's people. And that is in today's society. So very true in today's society. Those who are trying to live right for the Lord. I mean, and you can talk to people. And I've talked to a few people about the Lord, you know, over my apartment complex. And, you know, a lot of them say, well, I have my own kind of religion. I have my own following. So I may just, I may just leave it alone, you know, because this is not a pressurized gospel. You know, we're not going to take this Bible and throw it at somebody saying, you better come or else. You know, <laughs> we're not going to leave death threats on their door or anything like that. Because people will have a free will. And, you know, we're not going to try, we're not going to force people into believing in God because he doesn't force people in believing in him. But, so, and, you know, you talk to people and it's just like today I was talking to a woman about it and she seemed somewhat interested. And I gave her a couple of invitations to the conference, you know, but the thing is, is that they say, well, I have, you know, non-denominational and, you know, so on and so forth. And so it's like, why is it we have to be so careful about how we talk to people these days about Jesus Christ because Satan hates Jesus Christ. This world hates Jesus Christ. You know, but the thing is, is that we still should be out there proclaiming the gospel, filled with the Holy Spirit, having the discernment, you know, to go out and do the things because we do have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we just go out on our own accord, we may fall on our own sword. You know, so it, it is something that we still, you know, Lord, where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? And he will place people in our lives. That is so very true. You know, so... Uh, These people are pissed. really making me angry. <laughs> it's like animals you run into. <laughs> Verse 14. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Mm -hmm. Destruction and misery are in their way. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And I want to stop there and say with verse 18, there is no fear of God in their eyes. That goes along with a lot of so-called pastors today. Many pastors today have lost the fear of God or they never had it in the first place. So they go out and they profess these false doctrines and they're leading their congregations straight into the pits of hell. And they have no fear of God in them. To say, you know what, I want to teach the truth, I want to teach what the Bible says, and I don't care what happens to me. If I lose my congregation, I would better to lose your congregation than to lose the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. But they have no fear. You know, and there's a lot of people these days as well. You know, so many other people saying, well, I can believe in this or I can believe in that. No, there's only two options. You either believe in God or you believe in Satan. That's the only two options they have. But there's no more fear of God. There's no more fear of what, you know, uh, what his word says and how we're supposed to live right. Verse 19. Now we know that the things soever the law saith, saith to them which are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in its sight. For the for by the law is the righteousness is the knowledge of sin. So there again, there again it talks about the law, um, but the law could not save man. 
So, um, you know, it says if you were, um, for by the law you, is the knowledge of sin. So the law wasn't, uh, you know, the law wasn't, you know, Jesus Christ. The law was doing all these other things. But the law of the Spirit is the law of righteousness and living for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right, because sin itself makes you conscious of the law. If you're living right, you don't even think about what you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. But the second you do something wrong, you know it. And that's when you start thinking of consequences. So, you know, sin itself does make you, um, the law makes you knowledgeable of sin. Because it's like, you know, if you're not doing wrong, then you don't even think of law. Right. That's true. Verse 21. But now the righteousness of God is without the law. But Excuse me. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, but being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ unto all, and upon all them that believe, there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So it's saying here that the law was the witness of uh, was the witness of righteousness, right? Yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, and that righteousness of God is faith in Jesus Christ. So there we have it. It's the faith in Jesus Christ that is the righteousness of God. And that's how we are supposed to live our lives. So, you know, to further say about it, disobedience is the law of sin. Obedience is the law of righteousness. It's living right in Jesus Christ. And that is the direction that we should be going. So anyone want to comment? not I'll move forward no, it's pretty good. No, okay <laughs> okay next we're going to go to uh, Luke 646 I hope I'm not confusing anybody no you're Some really long chapters. Yeah, I just noticed that. Yeah. Like <laughs> so with Luke's, Luke's, so with Lick, Luke's, <laughs> <laughs> that's my southerness. So with Luke's 646, we're actually going to do a little flipping uh, to compare to some other scriptures, um, but we're going to read this first. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? So very true. So very true in this verse here. Why is it that we find ourselves calling out to the Lord and we do not do the things which he says? You know, uh, he wants us to do his will, uh, to continue in his will. But if we're not doing the things which he says, then why do we call him Lord? So with that, we're going to go over to Matthew seven twenty one. Hold there, right? Hold there. <laughs> we'll go over to Matthew seven twenty one.
Tighten that bottle like it's booze. <laughs> I promise I gave it up. <laughs> All right, so uh, seven, uh, we'll read seven twenty-one through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father shall enter in. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? Then I will, then, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So, again it's saying, because these people are not doing the will of the Father. These people are not doing the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. They may be doing all these other things, but Satan has power too. Satan has power to, he can cast out demons to bring in more demons. So if these people are not doing the will of the Lord simply because they're doing these things, simply because they're professing the Lord or professing his name, does not mean that they're living by him. You know, look at so many false religions that have Christian titles over top of them, but they're not doing the Lord's will in their lives. They're teaching false doctrines. You know, they may be very well using the King James Bible and still misinterpreting it, still, you know, uh, doing the wrong things. And people will follow that simply because that person's using the King James. Well, he uses the King James Bible, so he must be, you know, a follower of Jesus Christ. Not necessarily true, because they can still misinterpret this Bible. They can still read the scriptures, but if we don't have a relationship, again, we don't have a relationship with Lord Jesus Christ and read it ourselves to know what it says and study it for ourselves, then we don't know what these people are saying is wrong. That's true because <clears throat> these people here are basing their whole salvation on works, mm -hmm. what they've done instead of following the Spirit of the Lord. And that's why a lot of people will justify themselves with, you know, well, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. To be honest with you, if you're really serving the Lord, you're not supposed to be keeping score on what good did you do. Right. You know, you're led by the Spirit. That's a way of life. Not, I did 15 things right for today. <laughs> so I'll just put this on my refrigerator with a magnet so that all can see how good I am. Mm -hmm. So they're not doing the things for the Lord. They're doing it for, you know, themselves. Profit. Right. Salvation is earned by faith, not by the work. That's right. Exactly. By faith through grace. Yep. So there again, he's saying, you know, they've done all these things. We've done this. We've done this. We've done this. You know, can't we enter into the kingdom? No, because you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's all for self-gain. It's all for self-profit. These churches these days have become, you know, the same money churches of the, you know, of, of, the, of the Bible. It's the same thing. And so they're not doing the Lord's will. And they're going to say, they're going to try and get into heaven, but they won't be able. To, they won't be able to because they're not doing things for the Lord Jesus Christ. They're doing the things for themselves. Yeah. So from there, we're going to go to Matthew uh, twenty-five, verses eleven and twelve. Afterward came also the other birds and sang, "Lord, Lord, open unto us, open to us." 
But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. <clears throat> now, as we know that this was the parable of the ten virgins, five had their oil and five did not. So the other five were not ready. And so the Lord did not know them. They tried to come in without being prepared. They tried to come in saying, you know, Lord, open unto us as well. You know, come, can't, why, you know, can't we come in as well? He didn't know them because they weren't prepared. They weren't ready. They didn't have their lives ready when he came for them. They weren't serving him when they when he came for them. You know, five of them did. But this is, again, this is also going according to how we live our lives. You know, if the Lord was to come to us today, would we be ready? You know, and these are things that we all have to think about is, you know, you know I have to be ready. You know, there's still certain things that the Lord's working with me in my life, like I said. But eventually, he, has, we, he wants us to be ready. He wants to sanctify us. So we have to be ready for that. We have to give up the things of this world. We have to be willing to give up the things of this world to be ready for him when he comes to us and wants to do things in our lives, wants to separate us out from this world. We have to be ready. All right, from there we're going to go to Luke 13. Twenty-four and gate for many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be able to when once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut the, shut to the door and ye begin to stand without and yeah to stand without and knock and to knock at the door saying Lord Lord open unto us and he shall answer and say unto you I know you not I know you not whence ye are Basically saying, I don't know who you are. But it's saying here, strive to enter in at the straight gate for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able to. So there we have it. You have all these people wanting to enter in, but it's only going to be those who really and truly have a relationship. Those who are have been obedient. Those who haven't been disobedient. Because you got all these people today saying, oh, well, the Lord will take me. I've done all these things. and I, How do you know? Does the Lord even know who you are? I mean, of course he does. But do you know we have a relationship with him that he would want us to enter into his kingdom? That he would want us up with us? You know, what righteousness have we brought forward? What have we done in obedience to him when he's called us? And that word know is like a type <laughs> of intimacy. You know, like Adam knowing his wife. If you don't have that intimate time with the Lord, then yeah, he doesn't know you. Mm -hmm. It's just like if we were if we were married to someone, you know, it's all right. Your wife is never home. Your wife never talks to you. Your husband never talks to you. Mm -hmm. He's never around. You know, how could you even consider that a marriage? Do you mm -hmm. you might be married, but do you really know them? Right. You know, so I mean, that's what destroys a lot of marriages in itself in an earthly sense. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, no ties, no togetherness. Right. It's impossible. Okay, from here we're going to go to Deuteronomy 28, verses 15 through 68. I'm going to read some of these verses. You're going to read what? Uh, Deuteronomy 28. 28. 28. 
Mm -hmm. I know it's my southernness. Yeah, I mean. 20. 20. 28. 28. 28. 15. Oh, 68. 15 through 68. Yeah. I'm not going to read all those verses. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. it I do have to go to work tomorrow morning. Y'all should have brought a sack lunch and a sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is talking about the disobedient of the of Israel, mm -hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to read some of these verses to give everyone an idea of what the Lord told His people of what would happen if they went into disobedience, which they ended up doing, as we all know. He told He gave them exactly everything that would happen to them if they went into disobedience. And you know what? It's exactly what happened to them. Because what the Lord says is without void. You know, if he says this is going to happen to you, it's going to happen to you. It's going to happen in our lives. So when the Lord says something, he means it. Anyways, let's uh, read on here. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to um, observe, to do all his, all his, commandments and his statutes which I have commanded thee this day that all these curses shall come unto, upon thee and overtake thee cursed shalt thou be in the city and cursed shalt thou be in the field cursed shalt be thy basket and thy store cursed shall be thy, the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land the increase of thy kind and the flocks of the sheep cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out the Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke, and in all that thou settest thine hand uh, um, unto for to do, until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly, because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. The Lord shall make the, the pestilence cleave unto thee, until he have consumed thee from off the land, whither thou goest to possess it. The Lord shall smite thee with a consu consumption, and with a fever, and with an inflammation, and with an extreme burning, and with the sword, and with the blasting, of, and with mildew. And they shall pursue thee until, until thou perish. And thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth under that is under thee shall be iron. The Lord shall make the rain of thy land of thy land powder and dust. From heaven shall it come down upon thee, and thou shalt be destroyed. And pretty much the rest of the chapter says you know, it's talking about all the cursing, so um we'll just read there, but the Lord was telling them you know, these are the things that are going to happen to you if you decide to go and follow after other gods and serve after other gods and do things after, you know, other nations that are not right. You are my people. And think about all the things that the Lord had done for this people as in our lives. Think about how many times had he delivered them, you know, out of the hands of their enemies. How he delivered them out of Egypt. You know, how he delivered them through so many things and they constantly would go back and serve other gods. They would constantly, 
you know, the kings that were over them even caused them to sin. You know, but they constantly did not want to do what the Lord told them to do. And so what happened? You know, they went into other nations. They served, you know, because they served other gods, they were in captivity. And they stayed in captivity. They stayed in bondage, were never freed from it, except for like a short time. But after they were constantly in bondage, you know, because they decided not to do the will of the Lord. But the thing is that he didn't hide it from them. He didn't say, you know, he wasn't up there, <laughs> you know, if they decide not to obey me one more time, I'm going to do this to them. No, he told them exactly what was going to happen to them if they did not do his will. And that's the same thing he does for us. Go that's ahead. funny how we can sit there and live in, you know, sin and all, and then when something bad happens to us, we're surprised. <laughs> You know, as if, like, how could this be? Right. You know, like, let this happen to me. And the Lord is like, are you kidding? <laughs> I put up with you for 35 years. I'm ready to wring your neck. But, yeah, it's true, though. But the Lord has always given us, you know, he's always told us what was going to happen if we didn't do his will. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the Bible's for. That's what his word is for. And if for we're sure. reading it, then we know. But people, like, you know, people want to say, like you said, they, why me? Why did this happen? I'm like, well. Why not uh, you? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know. You're the most likely candidate. <laughs> <laughs> right. but, me? No. No, I'm saying, like, in general, Right, I, yeah, exactly. And so people want to, again, people want to say, well, how could a righteous God, how could a loving God allow this to happen? Okay, well, you need to go back to the very beginning to know why, you know, he allowed this to happen. Because we decided to fall into sin. We decided not to do the right things. And as a loving God, this is how he has shown love to us in our lives, is the fact that he has not taken us in our sin. We have a sin nature that just has to be broken. I mean, mm-hmm. we inherited that from Adam. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something, that's what being born again is all about. We really do have to forsake that stuff. Right. But yeah, by nature, you you're by, you will not do what the Lord told you to do, even with children. No one has to teach a child how to be bad. Children are selfish all by <laughs> themselves. You know, they, they hit, they do. I mean, you can even tell a kid, don't do that. And the child will look and start pushing the thing over, like you know, trying to see what you. you do. Yeah. yeah, they think it's cute. Yeah, they're disobedient all by themselves. Even in the even, womb, uh-huh. they'll start kicking in the womb, and you know, <laughs> a woman when she's pregnant, you know, I think that one of the reasons why she actually throws up is because the baby rejects what she put in the system. So they internally, when they reject you it, can't she... can't blame the baby with today's food. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Broken so like... ribs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Misplaced ribs. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Yep. So yeah, even before birth, you know, mm-hmm. when they start giving a little... But even the fact that a child won't listen, you know, that it like cries constantly, tries to have its way. I mean, you can see Adam all in it. I mean, I don't care how cute the baby is. Mm-hmm. There's an intelligent mind behind those weak limbs. They may not physically act like us, but, I mean, that's only because their bodies are weak. But mm-hmm. there's an intelligent mind there that doesn't want to obey. I mean, right. that's just that's just it. And even in babies, the strong man has to be broken. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, they have that will of, 
me, my, 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 me, my, my. I mean, you think know. about it. We are hopeless because <laughs> that's true. You start out with Adam's genetics, all right? I mean, you know, in sin, you begin in sin. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, with the affairs of this life, in Satan's kingdom you're born in, you know, you get more stuff added on to you that'll be tougher for you to break. And some of this stuff is taught to us by our parents, you know, by people we know in the world. Oh, this is fun. Come on, do it. Right. But then you got to break all of that stuff. So Jesus Christ really is the only answer because you are born in a hopeless situation. Exactly. You'd be stupid not to take the deal. <laughs> it's funny you say that because Friday night, I went and had dinner at Wendy's. And these three teenagers <laughs> walked at Wendy's. <laughs> and these three kids walk in. And one of the teenagers, he's probably about 15, 16 years old. Every other word was F this, F that. And the girl he was with, he called her the female word. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm, I'm like, I cannot believe. For a second, I was like, I cannot believe what I'm hearing. And then all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? I can believe what I'm hearing. Because they learned that from their parents. Not just that. We all spoke that way. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we can't get, you know, it's funny how we get saved and then we get surprised. <laughs> Did you hear his mouth? And yeah. it's like the Lord just wants to pop in the tape. Well, let's hear you back <laughs> on December. Right. <laughs> Whatever. You what know, but I, if I had spoke that way as a kid, man, I would have gotten, my head would have gotten ringed. You know, at older, yeah. I spoke that, you know, I did that for a lot of years. But as a kid, I knew better. But these kids are hearing it at home television, and in school. Yeah, and they, they don't watch the same TV we watch, right. that's for sure. We grew up on a total different TV. Brady Bunch, but... <laughs> Cosby Show. <laughs> right, but compare that to, you know, four women living in a house, messing around with different yeah. dudes and cursing. And, and with each other. Yeah, yeah, there's no more family shows and stuff. Right, and the family shows today are the... Not so family shows of yesterday. Who they wouldn't have been here. With all their hidden messages. And right. Just plain <laughs> open nastiness. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yep. Exactly. Um, so yeah. I mean. This is what he told his people. Exactly what would happen. These are things that we need to understand. What's going to happen in our lives. So from there. We're going to go to Second Chronicles. Chapter 7. Verses 12 through 22. It's after Kings. Seven one. Uh, twelve through twenty-two. Okay. Oh, I missed that. What? <laughs> Seven twelve Seven, through twenty-two. Okay. Alright. You'd like a translator or <laughs> Subtitles. Now we need a little reader board. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ready? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night, Solomon by night, and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heaven that are that there be no rain, or if I command 
to locusts to devour the land? Or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will hear their land. So he's saying here to Solomon is, you know, uh, if they will ask for forgiveness, if they're going to turn from their evil ways, then I will forgive them. But this is something that they have to do. You know, he's not going to just uh, take these things away without their forgiveness first because all the things, of all the wickedness that they had done. And how it wasn't just the fact that they were doing these things to do them because this is the Lord's people. They hurt him. They were hurting the Lord. And again, the same with our lives. When we do things out of disobedience, how often do we hurt the Lord? You know, and he still gives us another chance, another opportunity, and we hurt him. So this is what he was saying to Solomon that he, you know, this is what they have to do because of how much wickedness was in their hearts, how they followed after other gods, you know, spiritually and probably physically fornicated with other gods. You know, so this is what he's saying to Solomon. Verse 15. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be therefore may be there forever, and mine eye and mine heart shall be there um, perpetually. And as for thee, if thou wilt before thee walk before me, as David thy father walked, and do according to all I have commanded thee, and shalt observe my statutes and my judgments. Then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom according as I have um, covenanted, covenanted with David thy father, saying, There shall not fall thee a, a man to be ruler in Israel. But if ye turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go and serve other gods and worship them. Then will I pluck them up by the roots of my land which I have given them. And this house which I have sanctified for my name will I cast out of my sight. And will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. Um, stop right there for a second and go to um, Psalms 44, 9 through 14. about that word by word we're going to take a look at some verses on that real quick in Psalms <clears throat> y'all ready? yep but thou hast cast um, but thou hast cast off and put us to shame and goest not forth with our armies thou makest us to turn back from the enemy and they which hate us spoil the, for themselves Thou hast given us like sheep appointed for meat, and hast scattered us among the heathen. Thou sellest thy people for naught, and dost not increase thy wealth by their price. Thou makest us reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision unto them that are round about us. Thou makest a byword among the heathen, a shaking of the head among the people. 
So there I was just giving an example of the word by word again. But this is what uh, the Lord was telling Solomon that he was going to do uh, to Israel had they not you know, repented of their sins. If they did not ask forgiveness, they were going to become a byword. You know, um, what was I at? Sorry. I will pluck, verse 20 again, then will I pluck them up by the root out of the land which I have given them. So he was going to cast them out of the land because they decided to go out and serve other gods, worship other gods, um, and do the wrong thing. They were in disobedience. Um, and the house which I have sanctified for my name will I cast out of my sight and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all the nations, which did in fact happen to the children of Israel. Eventually, they no longer knew who they were. Um, and they went into other nations and they were in slavery. So, verse 21. And this house which is high shall be in astonishment to everyone that passeth by it, so that he shall say, why hath the Lord done this, done thus unto this land and unto this house? And it shall be answered, because they forsook the Lord of their, the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and laid hold on other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore, he hath brought them, brought all this evil upon them. So there you have it. Because they decided not to serve the Lord their God, this is the things that happened to them. And then it even said other people would come by. Why would he allow this to happen? Well, this is the answer right here. They decided to serve other gods. They decided to serve, go a different direction. And isn't that happening today in our lives, in the lives of people we know that are professing to be Christians? You know, why, would, why is he going to bless their lives if they're serving other gods? You know, if they're going out committing fornication, spiritual fornication, you know, other religions, doing other things that are not of God, you know, he's going to, these things are going to happen. And even in our lives, these things are going to happen. So this is why we have to be so careful. And again, unto obedience, doing his will. All right. Um, from there, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly, and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. So there we, can, we have it, you know. It's saying here that the body is not for fornication, and that meats for the belly and uh, excuse me for the be meats for the belly and belly for the meats. This can also be looked at as um, gluttony. You know, 
going more, you know, eating more than what you should. <laughs> I know I fall into that at times. You know, I'll eat a meal and then all of a sudden I want a snack. You know, why do I need a snack? I just ate. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, and that also can be demonically charged, you know, and filling your body with unclean things. And uh, it's not maybe it's not necessarily all gluttony. I think it can be gluttony. Gluttony is, you know, very powerful thing. But can also be what we're putting into our bodies that can be unhealthy. I know I don't always eat healthy. I had McDonald's before I came over here, and that wasn't healthy, you know. Or so it's like we have to be very careful about what poisonous things we're putting into our body. As far as that goes, you know, yes, we can. Yes, we're supposed to pray over every meal that we have. And, you know, I think the Lord is going to uh, keep us from whatever's in there. But, come on, things that are unhealthy, I mean, we have to be careful about that, about what we eat. And it's not to say I'm not, <laughs> it's not to say I'm perfect with it, you know, because I know I eat very unhealthy things. So, but we have to be very careful about what we put in our bodies. And that's spiritually as well. What are we putting into our bodies? You know, it says here the body is not for fornication, you know. These bodies are not our own. You know, these are the, you know, we're supposed to be the temple of the Lord, temple of God. So, you know, we have to be very careful about what we do with this body, you know, how we treat this body. You know, most people don't know this because I don't wear short sleeves a lot, but I have tattoos. You know, and this is something that I've asked for forgiveness for, but it's still permanent markers that I have on my body that I didn't sin. You know, can I use those to, you know, talk about the Lord and bring people to Christ? Absolutely. But it was things I did in sin, and it's permanently on my body, you know. So that's things that we have to be very careful about what we do in this body. You know, it's supposed, we're supposed to be a vessel, a clean vessel, fit for the master to use. So we have to be very, very careful about how we treat this vessel so, you know, the Lord can use us. All right, we'll read on. Uh, verse 14. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us, by his own power. But no but ye know not, but ye excuse me, know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that your that he that is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, are one flesh. But he that hath joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. So there again, it's saying flee fornication. And that also could be physical fornication and spiritual fornication. You know, um, as I said before, um, in verse 16, he that is joined to a harlot um is one body so if you go out and you're out there and basically whoring around then you are one flesh with that with that person or persons you are one flesh so you're allowing those demonic spirits <clears throat> from that person into your life so if you do that and if you do that spiritually you're allowing the same thing to happen you are joined to that spiritual harlot so we have to be very careful, and Paul is saying that we are not to do these things. We are to flee fornication, physical and spiritual fornication. 
We can commit spiritual fornication against the Lord by doing things that are not right in Him, by doing things that we shouldn't be doing, you know, uh, doing other things and not reading our Bible, you know, not spending time with Him, not giving Him our lives, spiritual fornication, and then going out there and committing actual fornication, you know, outside of marriage, or just, and this is something that is so accepted in today's society, and we see it in movie and televisions all the time. When two people date, what do they do? They hook up, you know? And then when it doesn't work out, people wonder why their lives are so messed up. Well, you're messed up because you decided to go and be with someone physically, and you took that person's demons in, into your own self. So that's why you're so messed up, because the Lord's not... You know, in disobedience, the Lord's not working in your life. So now he has to clean your life up from that. You know? So, um, verse 18, or verse 19, excuse me. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For we, are, we are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. Absolutely. The Lord paid the ultimate price for us. We are bought with a price. So that means that we need to be holy and clean and in righteousness, not into disobedience unto him. All right. Um, anyone want to comment? If not, I'll go for it. Yeah. I mean, pretty much said everything that makes sense. Okay. It's the truth. We're just a caretaker for this body. <coughs> That's it. Okay, from here we're going to go to Acts chapter 5. Twenty-nine through thirty-two. Yeah, Acts is right after John. Twenty what? Uh, twenty-nine through thirty-two. Chapter five, chapter five, twenty nine through thirty two. That's what I said. Extra. You told me I went to twenty nine. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It probably sounded like twenty nine. I'm sorry. Well, it's verse. It's verse twenty nine through thirty two. I don't know where you guys were. I was there. All right, everybody ready? Yeah. All right. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said. We ought to obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for, the, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witness of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Ever so true. Paul was telling them that we're going to obey God. And we're not going to obey what man says because uh, we're, you know, unrighteous. We're sinful. You know, we just, we're deceivers. And we don't do things rightly, nor fairly, nor in righteousness. And it also says that, you know, he, t he was telling them, you know, you hang Jesus Christ on the tree. You know, you are the ones, well, all of us technically, but we're the ones that hanged him on the tree. You know, mm -hmm. so 
he was telling them, you know, these are, these are the things that we're going to do. We're going to follow Jesus Christ. We're not going to follow after man. Because they knew, I mean, they were with Christ. They knew what he was about, especially, you know, after his death and resurrection, you know. But this is why they said, we're going to follow him because we know what he did. They still remembered all the things that they had, he had done while they were with him, you know, and how the Holy Spirit fell upon them. He was the comforter that came down and how he fell upon their lives. And so they were not going to yield to man. And this is something that <clears throat> in obedience they were doing this. And this is something that we all have to do, you know, because it's going to come a time we're going to have to be in obedience to the Lord. We cannot bow the knee to man. You know, we cannot follow this present day life, this age the things that are going on around us, we have to follow what the Lord wants to do in our lives to obedience. Okay? Um, if in, everyone okay with that? Or you want me to, anyone want to comment? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right. From there, we're going to go to John 8, 44 through 47. Let me know if we're okay on time. I don't want anyone to pass out. <laughs> Yeah, it's been about two hours. Good. Okay. Yeah, you good. Fingerprints on my glasses are Everybody there? Mm -hmm. Okay. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your fathers, of the lust of your father, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you, which of you convinceth me of sin, convicteth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you believe me not? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Again, that is so true. He was telling them, telling the the Pharisees and the Sadducees that they were of their father, the devil, um, because they, they were, you know, the religious sect at that time, and they were doing things after the law. But at the time, you know, at the same time, Jesus Christ came with the truth. He was telling everyone the truth. They didn't want to hear it because they were not, he was not going in according to what they thought. And he was telling them, you know, straight up, well, you're of your father, the devil. Because that's exactly, the devil tries to catch people. The devil tries to deceive people. The devil tries to get people to stay in disobedience and not do the, the, you know, the, the Lord's will. And they would rather believe a lie than the truth. And that is so true today. You know, it's like people want to go to these churches and they want to, you know, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to hear the truth. No, you're not. Not most of them, you know. But it's also about not just the churches, but people you talk to in general. You know, people who pr proclaim to be Christians, they're also speaking lies. But it's also about what we want to hear. Do we want to hear the truth? Do we want to hear about the things that we need to clean up in our lives? Or we would we rather believe a lie because it's comfortable to us? You know... Yeah, nobody wants to talk about that. That comes down to, uh, it was nice seeing you. You know, but I mean, hey, that's what we need to, to be clean. Mm -hmm. We need the truth. 
funny how all the foods that we eat, you know, the ones that are really good for you don't taste that great. Right. But you can have, you know, all kinds of junk food and you can just eat that. So. What's that? That's Charmaine's favorite foods are things like broccoli and chicken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chicken is good. I mean, broccoli's good. It took me to get older to like it. but yeah. I always loved broccoli. Always. Yeah. But, you know, even in that, um, as an example, you mature. You know, and eating the right foods. Mm -hmm. As a kid, you only want what tastes good. Right. You know, but you begin to mature over time. This is what my diet should be. Exactly. And I can't say anything because I had McDonald's last <laughs> night. I had two apple pies. <laughs> so, yeah. Go ahead. All right. So, uh, from there, we're going to hit up one more scripture, and then we'll just we'll go ahead and close out. Uh, Matthew 35. Oh, excuse me, Matthew 22, 35 through 40. I was going to say, there is no Matthew 35. See, <laughs> that, I know you read your Bible. <laughs> 25 what? 22. 22. Uh-huh. <laughs> Verses 35 through 40. So you got a five there. I don't know where you were, but... <laughs> hey, I at least asked. He was an ex. <laughs> no, I was a Matthew. I was just Matthew 25. <laughs> All right, so, all uh, right, 20, uh, excuse me, 35 through 40, verses 35 through 40. Okay. Um, then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which, um, which, is, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it, like unto it, like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Okay, real quick, I want to go to hold here, but let's go to Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. We are my seventeen, nine and ten. The heart is desperate. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, searches the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his way and according to the fruit of his doing. Did I read that already? Yeah. Okay, I, I had that for verse 5, the first 35 of Matthew, when it said, When then one of them, which is a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, And, uh, sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Hang on a second. Did I write that down? Apologize. Okay. Um, well, anyways, you know, this young man came up or this lawyer came up asking the Lord uh, this question and you know he said love the Lord with all thy heart okay with all thy heart and with thy soul and thy mind now as we read in Jeremiah the heart is desperately wicked you know and the Lord is the only one that knows what's in our heart you know and he told this young man that this is what we're supposed to do but we cannot trust our own heart 
because the heart will lead us into disobedience. You know, we have to follow the Lord. That's right. <clears throat> because the Lord knows in our heart what we want to do. He knows the truth. Nothing can be done in secret when it comes to the Lord. You know, we might be able to do things in secret with one another, but when it comes to the Lord, He knows what's in our heart. He knows how black it is, how unclean it is. And if we follow under our heart, which is our uh, emotions, thing, selfishness, things that we want to do, then we'll never get right with the Lord. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, there's some good things in the heart, but it is deceiving, especially with a carnal mind. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're fleshly in nature or worldly. Your heart can't be trusted. Only right. a heart that the Lord has cleaned and the Lord has worked through. That's the heart. The heart that can hear God is the one that you can trust. Absolutely. You know, but outside of that, it's just, that's what Solomon even asked for was a hearing heart. A heart to be able to hear the Lord's voice and making decisions and things like that. Because it's true. If you trust in your heart alone, it's just, mm -hmm. you know, and they try and promote that on TV, you know, <laughs> trust in your heart, yeah, you know, back. and your heart will lead you into no man's land. You know? Right. Yeah. You know, and this is why we have to be married to the Lord Jesus Christ and be his bride and, you know, serve him. And again, yes, give our hearts over to him because he can cleanse our heart because if we try and do things of our own will, in our own, you know, fleshly nature, according to our feelings and emotions, we're never going to have a relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because it's that, it's our will, it's our fleshly will that we're constantly fighting against to serve the Lord. You know, and at times you might be sitting there, you might be having a good study. I mean, you're getting into the Word and everything like that, and then something will pop up into your head. Now, we may not necessarily be able to control what pops up in our head, but we can control how long it stays there. Very true. <clears throat> and, you know, that's how we fight off temptation. You know, because it's true. I mean, you can be getting in, getting into a good study, and everything's going great, and all of a sudden stuff will happen, stuff will pop up into your head because Satan does not want you getting closer to the Lord. Satan wants you to live in disobedience. Maybe he'll bring up somebody old in your head that you hadn't thought about in a while. You know, and it was the reason why that relationship, <laughs> It didn't work out, you know, as, but you, we have to pray, Lord, I'm trying to do, to get closer to you, please, Lord, take this thought out of my head, you know, and that's what we have to do to draw closer to him, or somebody old might text you, you know, out of all the times they could text you, it, <laughs> <laughs> it is when you're trying to get closer to the Lord that they decide to ring, ring, mm -hmm. oh, hey. I was just thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen you in a while little darling you know something like that yeah um well that's pretty much the lesson uh for today if i didn't confuse or bore anybody no your message was on point mm -hmm. you know and it's not easy to get up there and do it eventually i hope we all do because you know you have to be led by the lord and his spirit and right. many times it just takes time for your spirit to sync with his <coughs> like i even noticed well, well, we'll just, you know, a little yeah, later yeah. you begin to, yeah. you know, relax. But, yeah, it's all about letting your spirit sink with the Lord. But, yeah, if we if you think that you can do this in your own strength, then mm. you'll never do it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you rely on him and he's going to speak through you, then it, it's easy. You know, all it takes is a willing vessel. you got to have courage to do it. Right. It's not an easy thing. Absolutely. All right, well, since she led the lesson today, I guess I'll pray up. That's how we do it. <laughs>
All right. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord, for this time that you've given us to study your word, to examine it. Lord, that we may show ourselves approved unto you. Lord, we're so thankful for your word and all the wisdom that it holds. And all, Lord, that you've revealed to us that the world just isn't interested in. Lord, I'm asking that your word flow through us, that we all have revelation and understanding as to who you are, that we all, Lord, begin to be vessels fit for you to use. Lord, let your Holy Ghost lead us in our lives. Let us forsake the things of this life that have nothing to do with you. Lord, we know that even in following you, that there are things that we have difficulty in leaving, that you have given us desires, Lord, not maybe not for this life, but of our hearts. And I'm asking, Lord, for every single member here and those who aren't here right now, that all those desires be met. Lord, you know what we stand in need of. You know what we want. But we know that we have to come to you for those things, just like children, Lord, come before their father, that they make no mistake between your voice, Lord, and what the enemy's voice is. Lord, you exercise patience. Lord, you asked us to have faith. Lord, you are good. You are so good to us. And your thing is all about growth in you, experiencing you. Lord, we don't even have to do a thing to receive your blessings and your gifts. Lord, you give it to us with grace because you are a holy and a righteous God. And we're thankful, Lord, that you have helped our families up to this point. For all those that we know, Lord, that have not known you, Lord, we're so thankful that you have not taken them yet before they have discovered you, that you may turn their hearts to you and they may have understanding as to who you are. Lord, give us more time to win others into the kingdom. Let us do all that you call us to do, because, Lord, without you, we can do nothing. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, I'm asking even for those who don't believe, Lord, let their hearts turn towards you. Put us in the path of someone every day that we can share your word, Lord, and let them be willing vessels. Let us not utter words, Lord, that don't come from you. For you meant for us, Lord, to go out and to teach others. Lord, you meant for us to discover you and to tell the world who you are, that we may all be vessels, Lord, that we may all be examples, that when they see you, Lord, that, that when they see us, that they see you. Lord, regardless of what we have to go through in our lives, keep us clung to you. Let us carry our crosses. Let us forsake the things of this life, because there's no other way in, Lord, except through you and your son, Jesus, to be born again. Give us that understanding and that thirst. Let us lose those desires, Lord, for this life. Let us have a true nature change in you that all may be accomplished, that we may fight the good fight, that we have finished our course, that we have laid down, Lord, everything that you have called us to do in detail. For you are a holy and righteous God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the only true God, worthy, faithful, and just to be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.